everybody. This is Rachel from Grayscale Gorilla, and welcome to another Grayscale Gorilla podcast. Today's episode is taken from one of our live shows, and it's a doozy. It's all about materials, materials, and more materials. Who doesn't love materials? Nick and Chad talk about everything from aces to the difference between bump and normal maps to a rather spicy debate on Mac versus PC. They'll talk about that and so much more. Well, more about materials, because, you know, it's about materials. Hey, Cinema 4D artists, if you're not a Plus member and are feeling left out, check out Grayscale Gorilla Plus, and you can get access to our huge library of materials, lighting tools, animation plugins, and all sorts of other awesome stuff. And now, without further ado, let's start today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Grayscale Gorilla live show. Chad, how are you today? I'm doing good. How about you? Oh man, I'm fe- I'm feeling fantastic. I, this might be the third live show I wore the same shirt, but that's okay. That's you just okay. have multiple red shirts. That's that's all. right. It's the only shirt I wear anymore. Uh, welcome to another Grayscale Grill live show. Thank you guys so much for showing up today. Today we will be talking uh, uh, all about materials and how to add realistic details to your materials, how to set up realistic materials, how to think about materials like a. Uh, like an artist and as a compositor and as somebody who's out there trying to make realistic renders. Um, This is one of many in a series of live shows we've done all about how to help you guys make more realistic looking renders. A few weeks back, we talked about cameras. Uh, We did two episodes about lighting. And today, it's all about materials, baby. I know, Chad, you're excited. I like materials just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little. Just a little. Um, Chad obsesses over materials. Uh, I would say lighting too, uh, but I'm really excited to extra today because uh, I'll be asking Chad a few questions too. Um, some things about uh, how to use, uh, how to how to honestly make more realistic materials in Octane specifically. Uh, some questions that I had, so I'm excited to ask you some questions too, buddy. Um, let's talk to the chat. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Uh, if you are in the chat, let's pull up the chat, actually. Let's pull up the chat overlay and see where everybody's from. Let us know where you're from today. We love seeing all the countries and states pop up. Uh, and also, do us a huge favor as we get started. Uh, please, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button on this video. We're going to be um, uh, we're gonna be answering questions. We're going to be diving deep into materials. And your help by hitting the like button is going to let more people know that we're live. It's going to wake up the YouTube tube algorithm and help us out as well. So please hit the like button. Uh, and if you want to see future episodes uh, of us live and you don't want to miss them, hit the notifications. And YouTube will let you know when we're going live. We got DC. Let me get the logo out of the way. Look at this. Shy town baby. What's up? Orlando. Vienna's here. Brooke from Ethiopia. That's amazing. Wow. Louisiana. Crazy. Germany. Hold Los on, Angeles. Let me, let me get rid of this logo so we could see all this on the stream. Chile. PDX. Love it. Jacksonville. Uh, Love it. Thank you guys from New York. Cheers from all over the world. Uh, So amazing every time. Um, And if you uh, can do us a favor, again, hit the like button. Uh, If you're on the Twitter, let uh, hit hit a retweet on our tweet uh, we just put out. Let everybody know we are live. And um, that helps us out and um, helps us do more of these shows. Hey, Nick, is the shirt red? It sure is. Sure is. I got the red shirt on today. I think I have like, the same shirt on, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Look, 
it's the it's uniform under a few layers it's cold here today so it's yeah. chilly yeah. oh look at that it's a night it's like a heather red i don't know what to call this type of red jed it's heather heather red it's like a flaky you know it's it's beautiful hello from paris atlanta sweden's in the house love it still love my save often gsg shirt from half red uh save often that is um uh you do not want to you do not want to lose your work friends please mm -hmm. don't forget to save uh we had that in the studio we were working in for a while uh this was grayscale gorilla we were all in a studio with some other animators some other great animators in a studio at least once an hour somebody would yell don't forget to save don't forget to save <laughs> just just a nice little reminder for everybody uh, Chad, do you have auto save on? Or are you a are you a don't forget to save person? Auto save for life, <laughs> but then I also save a lot too. Yeah, so that's right. I kind of like you get into this habit with, uh, especially with GPU rendering, where you're just like, you know, you're about to do something that could screw everything up. <laughs> so you're like, meh, control S. You know, <laughs> let me just like let me just save that really quick. Yeah, yeah. But, the, yeah. G the GPU renderers will get you a little more. Uh, used to saving more often for sure for know, sure but autosave is great though man like that that should be in every application autosave for life hi from chicago control s yeah it's like the extra all right guys um get your questions ready thank you so much for the retweets thank you for the likes thank you for all that stuff it does help us here on these live shows um one quick last note about the live shows and about where they're headed uh, before we get started on your questions so um we are going to start to bring some of these live shows uh, to the podcast. So this is something many of you have been asking, hey, what, what's up with the podcast? Are you bringing it back? Um, and we have many different ideas for the podcast, but for the near future, if you missed these shows, or if you wanted to listen to these shows and you didn't, and you had time in your car, you had time washing the dishes, you had time mowing the lawn, whatever you're up to in the next uh, month, and um, you wanted another way to listen to some of these questions or you missed a show, we're gonna be starting starting to bring some of these live shows to the podcast, including some other interviews we've, uh, we haven't published on the podcast before and some other new stuff coming soon. So if you have been sitting there looking at the podcast, the Grayscale Grow podcast, wondering when there's new stuff coming, we got some new stuff coming soon. So take, um, uh, if you're not subscribed, take a minute and go do that as well. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's jump into some questions. Get your questions ready. We're going to be talking about materials today. Any questions you have about um, adding, you know, making, creating realistic materials? Um, we'll also be, and if you have anything about some of the specifics about different renderers, I think we'll be uh, as far as materials go. I think we could start to answer some of those as well. And then don't forget, later in the stream, we're going to be jumping in and watching Chad add some realistic details to materials live and watch how he thinks about this so that all of us can use some of the same tips and tricks here so why don't you get some questions ready if you have a question for us just hit q and then uh, ask the question after that that'll help us find your question in the crowd um trey says am i the only one watching from twitch <laughs> i don't i don't think so uh we've seen some other um uh questions come through so um Thank you guys uh, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitch or uh, YouTube. We appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, Trey asks, do we have any inside in intel on all the graphics card sh shortages? 
uh, I have, I don't th even think this is a guess. I think this is a pretty well-known secret, which is uh, crypto is absolutely taking over the GPU market right now. And that has a lot to do with it. On top of shortages all across the board, including chips, including lumber, including a lot of just physical things in the world that are having a hard time moving around the world right now. Um, Chad, do you, do you know any other conspiracies about all the graphics I cards? Mean it's pretty insane right now. Um, if you're looking to get a system, you're almost better off going with a pre-built because these companies that do pre-built systems uh, have supply chains where they can get uh, graphics cards a lot easier than than we can. So th that's um, some advice. But no, I mean, I've got no inside track. I've got I have no idea. Like I I'm I'm a, a pre-built kind of person simply for that kind of reason is that you're not you, you basically that's somebody else's issue to like deal with supply chain and all that but yeah yeah that's that's a um that's a good way to think of it the bigger companies are going to have more leverage to get these because they're going to buy a thousand at a time or a hundred at a time and these manufacturers are going to be more likely to to make that deal and say yeah we'd rather ship a hundred of them to you than worry about shipping one to 100 different people it's just easier right so that's a that's a good tip for now to look at some of those manufacturers um we got uh, a question from uh lokesh hope it said your name right um more octane materials coming to plus soon yes yes in the uh look for an announcement in the next month or so we're gonna we have a new material collection we have a new uh 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 imperfection uh collection as well and some other goodies coming out in within the next month or so. So keep an eye out for that. Of course, all of our materials are compatible with uh, Octane, Arnold, and Redshift. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for the question. Uh, here's another good one. Alessandro says, emissive materials in the Plus library, please. Chad, you have you have anything to say about that? I can't say anything. Uh, okay, stay tuned. <laughs> I thought I'm I was under I'm under embargo. <laughs> That was a test, and Chad passed. Uh, stay tuned, folks. We have some interesting um, collections coming soon, and I think you'll be happy with the next one. Um, uh, Alessandro, thank you for that question. Uh, let's see here. Um, da, 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 da. Does Chaos Group uh, now making V-Ray in-house change your view of this engine for C4D? Chad, what, how's V-Ray out there in the world? The answer to that is no. Does not right. change my mind. All right, next question. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Jake is asking, are you using Aces still to get that sweet, sweet highlight fall off? Chad, you know are you rocking Aces? You know it. Uh, yeah, I've added Aces to my default Cinema 4D scene file, my default Octane Cinema 4D scene file that I've set up that has all my Octane stuff dialed in. It's got an Octane camera with a tag on it. It's got... Uh, uh, Octane Sky with HDRI link on it, ready to go. And once I had Aces set up, I just added that workflow right to that scene file, and I just get all the magic of Aces now by default. And it looks it looks incredible. I always, every once in a while, like I'll go disable it, and I'm like, oh, never mind. I'll never do that again. Yeah, I'm all Aces in Octane and in Arnold, but not in Redshift. Uh, I'm using a lot in Redshift just because the Redshift workflow is still kind of janky. So. Yeah, um, uh, Nikon, uh, hopefully I said your name right, says, will you be talking about Redshift 2 or Octane 
uh, <laughs> one love only. Um, we'll probably be demoing an octane today, but all of these, uh, all of these ways of thinking, all of the ways of where you plug this stuff in and other material in other, uh, um, renders will be almost identical. You'll just have to do it in yours. So Chad will do his best to kind of say if anything's drastically different in another um, renderer. But we're going to be talking about the the art of where how to use uh, re make realistic materials as much as we are about the nodes. So I think no matter what renderer you use, you'll be able to learn something from today's uh, discussion. Yeah, uh, it's, just, it's just too hard to like try to, you know, I'm only one man i can't run three different renders <laughs> all at the three. same time we need like bars coming off and then two skeletons next to you that are using you know oh uh, yeah yeah and, like those uh, yeah like I know the dancer yeah yeah i know I'm, not very many people are going to get that reference but <laughs> i got you do, 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 do. yeah christian totally. christian says what's the best approach to create normal maps for realistic materials chad do you have any notes about normal maps I mean, it really kind of depends on what you want to do and what you're after, but there's programs like Substance Designer, Substance Alchemist, Substance Painter, uh, that you can create normal maps from photos, you can create normal maps from procedurals. I believe there's even a few, uh, it's been a long time since I used this, but there's a, I think an NVIDIA Photoshop plugin as well that will uh, do normal map conversions, though it's been a really long time since I looked at it. But yeah, I mean, the, I'd say the best way is like trying to figure out what you're trying to build and then either go check out Substance Alchemist. It's actually really intuitive and it's really powerful and that'll kind of get you an idea of like what's possible and what you might be able to create. Awesome. Thank you guys for the questions. Uh, we got a, one here. We got, uh, let's say, Kosha uh, says... Why? I don't know why, but when I apply an emission texture to geometry in Arnold, it always looks flat. Can you give some tips to create realistic exposed lights? This is this is I've done this too. You 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 add a emissive material, and then it's just pure light, and you kind of um, if I'm understanding the question right, it kind of overrides any reflection on it, and then so it doesn't look like a light bulb. Let's say it looks more like just of like um like a lightsaber, you know, that doesn't have the the, the reflection highlights on it. So do you have any tips about that? I mean, approach it realistically. Uh, generally, when people apply like an emissive material to something, they're not putting enough energy into it because an emissive material in real life, a light bulb is pretty bright. So you shouldn't just set that to one and think that it's going to look realistic in your renderer. You should crank up the value and let the, uh, you know, to maybe even turn on some some post effects glow or something to kind of make it feel actually emissive and bright. But a reflection on a light bulb isn't going to be visible until, unless the light bulb is off. And otherwise, the light itself is going to be blowing out your eyes and your eyes are going to sort of expose themselves as much as they can. Uh, but it's still going to be blown out. And a lot of the times I think people just aren't using any sort of color either. So light has a color temperature. So be aware of like, give it uh, some color, not just like flat white and give it some energy. Let it, let it actually emit energy. I also don't really recommend using emissive materials to light scenes. I think that's a very sort of dangerous uh, way to approach it because you're just gonna introduce a lot of fireflies and GI grain and all that sort of thing. So I always recommend faking it as much as you can with uh, area lights, point lights in the same place as the light and let that be the thing that puts out the light and let the texture just not, you know, not contribute to diffuse bounces. 
but yeah, that's a whole other video. We should we should actually do that. It's not a bad idea. That's good. Good idea. Thank you. Fried Pixels, good to see you, man. He says, I'm back on YouTube. I watched him go over to Twitch, ask a question, and then hop back. <laughs> wow. That's, he said uh, there's more action over here on YouTube. It's, he's like jet setting on the chat. <laughs> Thanks for coming, man. Good to see you. Uh, da, 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 da. Hey, we, this is an easy one to answer. Kelfire, can you show that Aces workflow setup someday? Yeah. Yeah. Can we? Can we? If you use Octane, we have a video for you uh, in on YouTube. Um, and I saw Rachel, by the way, put some links up here. Thank you, Rachel, by the way. Um, Rachel's uh, helping us out with some links. Hopefully she can find that ACES video on YouTube. We also have an in-depth ACES video on Plus, if you're a Plus member. And we also have a what the heck is ACES video on YouTube as well, uh, if you wanna get started. So um, don't forget to check it out. It's essentially a color workflow. If anyone's been around long enough to remember when things went from regular gamma to linear um, in cinema, it kind of has that feel to it. It's like this, new color unlock that just makes things look more realistic to how our eyes see things and how film reacts and stuff like that. So that's a, it, it's, it's worth digging into. It's a little tough. Uh, it can be a little tricky to get set up sometimes, but it's way worth it. Definitely, definitely worth it. We made a video just to help you guys. Um, all right. Thank you, Rachel, for the links. I saw do another... us a favor too on the ACES tip. Do us a favor and hound Maxon to support open color IO. They, they need just to add for it me. in Just for me, yeah. Or just so just that add it in if they, they need to add open color IO in cinema because it, it's like one of the only three pro, 3D programs left to have like not implement open color IO. And uh, I've it's kind of a running joke. I'm kind of like the uh, the you know the thorn in their side, the aces thorn yeah. in their side. So uh, let's keep that going. Let's keep that going. They know what's coming. Like Chad's here. Watch out. Be talking about aces. It's it is really beautiful workflow. Definitely go check it out. Um, can you talk about Redshift on M1? I uh, I ordered my M1 Mac. I'm finally gonna test this out for you guys, and I'm gonna try Redshift. I'm gonna try. I think Octane has a version you could run on it. Uh, I'm gonna start to do some tests. I have a feeling my PC will still be way faster, and I'll end up doing a lot most of my work on it. But it, this is interesting, and I, I, I'm excited to see what the M1 does. So look for uh, either a video or something soon showing that off and some other things I'm doing with PC and as well. So uh, I've been messing around with my setup a little bit, and we got some videos coming soon for you guys uh, all around that. I actually uh, formed an opinion this morning about people uh, still trying to use a Mac for 3D. But I don't oh. know if you want to save that for another show or oh, if you want good. me to, to talk about what that is. It's going to probably trigger some people, but <laughs> it's, uh, it, you know, it kind of, you want me to just go into this idea? Like, it'll be two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, need to hear so, this. I need so to hear this. The, here's the thing, man. I was thinking about this morning and I'm like, uh, okay. So, I, I mean, I apologize if this offends, but it, it kind of, so imagine a mechanic, right? Would you trust a mechanic who picked his tools that he's going to fix your car with uh, based on how much he likes the invoice software that came with his shop, right? You're not going to do, you don't want somebody that picked their, their wrenches and stuff based on them 
loving the invoicing software that came with the tools. Now, bad, bad take. Uh, this is already bad. So, take. so like now, it. just let me let me carry this idea through. All right, all right. So, but if you if you trust that you would trust, however, a mechanic that picked the tools right for the job that maybe suffers through some really bad invoicing software where it's pain in the butt to like bill people and, and get paid or whatever. But man, fixing that car has never been easier. Think about that. Here, here's here's where I think you're wrong in the sh somewhat short term. Distributed rendering, render tokens, render farms, all of that stuff, like speed is the only reason. Speed is the only reason to use the PC and 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 cost. No, cost, I, I would right? say not only speed, but uh, tools. Like there's just way more, uh, way more GPU rendering available to you, more features. Yeah, I I guess what I'm seeing is in the in the somewhat near future, you, you'll be able to use a Mac in a slower way, but in a much more beautiful way for the people that like Mac. Like whatever, if you're happy with your PC, of course. No, you can't no, no say problem. more. You can't say more beautiful way. But let's call it um, something that you're that someone's more comfortable with. Let's just call it uh, not something. Um, let's just call it something they're familiar with. Let's let's take it all the way back to just like the warm Mac hug. I'm more familiar, more comfortable on the Mac. So let's just call it that because you can't argue with that one. So now I think in the, in the next year, you'll be able to work on whatever platform you're comfortable with and render on a separate platform. That's all I'm saying. I think that is in the very near future on almost all the renderers, you'll be able to work on what you're comfortable with. And then when you need the power, you need the speed, it'll be much more distributed. You'll have the PC in the corner. You'll have the render farm tokens. You'll have a literal render. Like I, I think that's where that that's headed. That's all I'm saying. I, I think it's going to be separate. I don't. I think that that's a that's an elite kind of thing to 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 be able to afford to have two separate computers that you know one's giving you the hug and one's giving you For the render farm. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I think that that's a, that's a valid you know workflow for sure. I'm just saying that like if you're career is 3d i would highly recommend going pc to do your work as a 3d artist yeah I, I would agree with that i would agree with that what i'm what i'm suggesting is right now that is a a, a maybe elite workflow that you can set up for yourself depending on how much work you have and how much income you got coming in what i'm saying is that is actually coming to more people in other words in the somewhat near future you're going to be able to work on whatever computer you want this it, you could have a you know the same chip is going to be in the laptop is is as what's going to be in an imac right you'll be able to work on those machines get some some uh work done and as it scales up you could do that and then you could send it off to the render farm you could send it off to somewhere else to get a lot of the juice going i i just i'm that's what i'm foreseeing and maybe we've always thought this is coming in the future and maybe I'm rushing the, the future a little bit, but I think that that's sooner. Than I mean, distributed computing will happen someday, but right now it's not really a thing. It's very expensive. Um, it's not super easy to set up all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I do think that I do think that like right tool for the right job. And so when I, when I see people, um, you know, trying to figure out like, well, how do I get this to work on an M1 or how do I, I just want to be like, okay, well, 
you know, I understand if you only have a Mac and you're trying to learn 3D and like, absolutely do it. You know, that's great. Whatever you have to learn on, whatever computer you have at your disposable disposal is the one you should use to learn 3D. Uh, but if you're looking to purchase a new machine and maybe drop some coin, I would highly recommend sticking with PC for the for the next until this until something changes drastically. Yeah, I, I, it's it's hard to it's hard to disagree with it, but I think I I think we're um, yeah. If you're the customer and you I totally walk hijack in, this call, <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's let's talk about materials. But if you are the customer and you walk into your mechanic and they have the Macs in there, you're like, maybe I don't know, maybe. I'm not, maybe I'm charged, maybe I'm getting charged too much. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. But yeah, okay, it's okay. just, it's just, you know, it just hit me. I was like, well, why would you choose that for that? Like, I don't know, whatever. It's jo fine. Joseph's got the answer. Cinema 4D for iOS and then use render token to render the rest. Yes. Done. That's exactly Done. what we're saying. That's the future. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look. Any live show long enough, we'll talk about Mac versus PC. It's just how it happens here in the world. Uh, it just always goes that way. All right, friends. Uh, let's get some more uh, material questions ready. Thank you again for joining us. If you just join us, we'll be talking about, um, we'll actually be doing a demo in Cinema 4D all about uh, how to make more realistic materials in Cinema 4D. Uh, really excited for that. And right now we're answering your questions. Um, trying to lean towards some material questions. Um, how to set up more realistic shots. Um, that's what our goal here is on these live shows, to give you some of the tools and some of the ways to think um, to help your renders look more realistic. That's what we do here at Grayscale Gorilla. That's what our tools, our materials, our training is all about, helping you guys make more beautiful stuff. And that's what we're here to try to answer right now. Uh, all right, we got the we got the everyone talking about Mac versus PC now too. We see we we tr <laughs> you tr you did trigger everybody. I Dang knew it. it. Sorry, Sean's got the answer. It's you um, never know what's going to oh, happen on a live stream. Oh, I missed it. He said uh, C forty on the smartwatch. Perfect. Done. Done. Da da done. Marcelo, what's up? What do you want to know about Redshift? Boom. We, uh, uh, all of our uh, materials and plugins and everything, we make sure it's uh, all compatible with Redshift. We have quite a few uh, uh, tutorials up on YouTube and of course in Plus all about Redshift. We have a whole guide about it. Um, but, and if you have a specific question, right now is the time to ask it. Drop ask a away. question. Please uh, help us out too. Put a cue in front of it. It kind of helps out. Um, it helps us find the questions. Christine's got a question here. It says, she says, what's your recommended pipeline for assets built in Cinema 4D? Some materials created in substance uh, with clothing and soft surface, uh, some in marvelous designer. Yeah, well, like do you what's 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 a recommended pipeline uh, for materials that we're that you're making? I mean, it's it uh, I'm not sure about the context of that that question but if you mean like pipeline is in making them then that's different than the pipeline obviously of like using them um i'm guessing that you're saying what's recommended for assets built in cinema 4d uh i mean they're completely different pipelines if you're talking about pipelines for creating all those different things but pipelines for like using them and storing them and using and and just you know having them at your disposal uh, I haven't really played much with uh, Maxon's new asset browser thing in, in S24. 
Uh, I'm still on 23. So um, I'll recommend people on 23, use the content browser and learn about the content browser. And if you're in 24, learn about the new asset system, but be careful with the new asset system in S24 because it will actually um, database your files that you're putting in there, meaning that they're gonna be using non-human readable language. Once you drag them into their system, they're gonna be only available in that database. So be mindful of that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a bigger question. We should definitely, uh, we could talk about pipeline in another, in another stream for sure. But if you're talking Sounds about creating them, that's a completely different thing for each one of those little questions. Awesome, thank you for the question, Christine. We got one from Farzad says, are there, are there gonna be more Grayscale Gorilla materials Pogues. Uh The answer yes. is yes. Yes, they're coming. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but within the next month or so, we have a new um, uh, addition to Plus coming. There'll be uh, quite a few things we're adding to Plus in the next um, month, and uh, it'll include some new materials. So stay tuned for that. Um, this is a good reminder. If you're, you know, if you're a Plus member, obviously you're getting emails. Uh, you should be getting emails all about what's new in Plus, and it'll let you know. You could also always go and log in and check your dashboard, and we'll always have a button that says what's new if you're ever worried about what's what's uh, just hit at, at the Grayscale Gorilla Plus. If you're on the fence, you're looking at Plus, or you're just wondering exactly what's coming soon, or you're waiting for that next uh, release before you you know hit the buy button, and you want to learn more when it comes out, join, just make a free Grayscale Gorilla account. You could do that just by going up, clicking login, uh, and it'll ask you to set up an email password. Make a free account. You get some Grayscale Gorilla goodies, and you also uh, are going to get notices when we have new stuff. You also get access to things like our intro to Cinema 4D training, some other goodies behind the scenes that we don't have uh, out on YouTube and in other places. So um, we recently made this really easy. If you just go to uh, either the intro to Cinema 4D page, it's really easy to find, or if you just go make a new account just by clicking login. And that way you'll know right away when the new release is out, we'll send you an email, show you exactly what's new in the latest version of Plus. So uh, that might be a good way to start. Um, all right, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Um, bum, bum, bum. Let's go with, let's go with this one. If you have to compare Redshift with Octane, which one is easy to learn and intuitive to use? Chad, do you have an answer for that one? Uh, I don't think I would classify either of them as easy to learn. I mean, if you've never messed with third-party rendering at all before, then they're all that first one is always going to be a little difficult, but after that, they're all pretty easy because now you kind of know the language. But um, as far as intuitiveness, it really kind of depends. For me, I thought Redshift was more intuitive because I came from a renderer that was more like Redshift, which was, uh, you know, V-Ray back in my 3DS Max days. Um, and Arnold is very much like Redshift. So those two were pretty intuitive. I think Octane was a little bit, less intuitive at first because they just did everything so differently it being like a spectral renderer just like deals with things in a slightly different way not to say that it was hard or or difficult in any way uh it just wasn't as i had to spend a little bit more time understanding how it worked but yeah i think um it really kind of depends on where you're coming from yep i agree um i i don't think either of them were too difficult uh, once once you go through that process, like Chad said, and learn one, the rest are 
similar enough that you could kind of transfer your your knowledge. Um, and and we have that too. At, uh, in plus, if you remember, we have training to get you up to speed on all three of those renders. So Octane, Redshift, and Arnold. If you're looking at learning any one of them, I would just pick one uh, for now and even just go get the demo and go through one of the trainings and see how see how you feel. And so maybe there's one just like this Mac PC thing that like just speaks to you better or thinks the way you do. I would just say try them. They, they I think they all have a demo at this point. Um, and then that way you'll know how it works with your machine and compatibility and install and all that stuff. And then you can just make a decision based on how you uh, how you like it, you know? Yeah, compatibility is actually a really good point because I think a lot of people don't really think about that too much. And they kind of, especially with, I would say with Arnold GPU, like Arnold GPU, you got to have like a really good graphics card or multiple. Uh, so it's really kind of like do the research. If you're looking at one, see what kind of hardware they recommend because otherwise you'll download a demo and it won't work or it'll be slow and you'll be pissed. And, you know, it's always a good idea. Awesome. Uh, we got another question here from uh, Frederick. Says, uh, asks, what are the differences between a bump map and a normal map? Chad, what, what, uh, how would you describe those, and when would you use one and not the other? Um, okay, so a bump map is basically going to uh, fake displacement off the normal in one direction. Uh, and and a normal map does the same thing in multiple directions. So if this is the surface normal, a bump map's only going to give you the height coming directly perpendicular off the surface, and a normal map is going to give you a little bit more of a 3D effect, which I'm doing like a very terrible <laughs> job at like demonstrating normals. Um, but uh, the main takeaway is like bump maps are great for like, I, this is how I use them. I'm, obviously, everybody's got their own ways of doing things, but I use bump maps for like really fine details. Uh, so something a very, very, very kind of like tiny little fine bump map typey things, or maybe like a little bit of a, a, a raised type if you're trying to make it look like a decal or something like that. And I use normal maps for like larger uh, kind of displaced things like, um, you know, chiseled or pitted concrete or whatever stuff like that i kind of use normal maps for that and bump maps for those really fine details yeah i never thought of it that way it's like normal map is a bump map in three dimensions pretty much yeah it has the then that's why it has the colors too because each color is a different x y or z and they combine yeah. to create more fine detail now it's important to know that neither of those will actually move any polygons no. or make any actual detail in your in your model or your object. They are only the visual on it. So you'll always know if you look right on the edge of something that's super finely detailed and it's smooth, that that you'll have to use real displacement um, type of type of things to get. So it it really only works best for things that are subtly, uh, you know, um, bumpy. Uh, or stuff that you don't see the edges of an object. It really, like, if you're just looking at a plane and you use, like, a great normal map or a bump map, you can get away with it a lot because you don't see the, the edges of it. Uh, yep. Thank you for the question. Let's keep going. That's a good one. That's a good one. Dude, that's a classic material question. Any more like that, keep keep them coming. Keep, and keep these material questions coming, people. Come on. I love it. Uh, let's try this one. What? 
Uh, what use is UV node and redshift? Is it something like UV set in Maya? Matt, uh, Matt asked this question. Chad, do you have any thoughts about this one? Uh, if you're talking about the newer UV projection node, oh, my dog is going crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's basically allows you to change the projection of that texture later in the in the stream of your nodes. It's not what I wish they would have made, which is a UV transform node, which is desperately needed in Redshift. Uh, and it really kind of like bums me out that they didn't put put that in there. And what a UV transform node is, uh, it allows you to basically have a string of like, you're making a whole like diffuse texture with a bunch of different nodes. And at the end, you can put a UV transform node and rotate everything or scale everything or, uh, you know, like you know, repeat it three times or whatever. And that is what's really needed in, in Redshift. And I really hope that they implement something like that. Arnold has it and it's like, I've just become so dependent on it that every time I have to use another renderer, I'm like, why do they ha not have this? This is silly. But yeah, anyway, awesome. I hope that answers. I don't even know, but thank you, Matt, for the question. So got some good questions today. Thank you guys. Um, uh, Ryan says, is it weird? that uh, because of the grayscale gorilla materials look so good and are so easy to use i feel like i'm cheating uh that that's that's kind of the idea ryan we you know there are there are certain things on every project that an artist should need to have full control over and and and, and know how to make exactly from scratch and there are thousands of other parts of every project where you just need it to look good and and what we try to do with our tools and materials and HDRIs and all that stuff, give you the tools that get you 90% of the way there so that you can spend your time on the most important part or the most uh, unique part of whatever you're rendering. So that's really the goal for a lot of these materials are, are to do just that. Hey, I need a wood countertop. You know, sometimes you need to make something from scratch when you have the customer that is asking you to remake their wood countertop. But if you're showing off their coffee mug and that's what they're paying you for, then you cheating, like using your words and using our great looking wood countertop is exactly why we make this stuff so that you could spend more time on what the client wants to pay attention to and what the client's needs are and not on every little background, you know, image and countertop and that stuff just we give you the realistic materials to make that stuff look good so that you can focus on other parts of it. So that's that's why we're doing all this. I mean, the simple thing is just don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, and today we're actually going to show you how to take uh, materials that are in the library and add uh, some unique uh, parts to them. So today I'm excited. We're going to jump into Cinema 40 here in the next, uh, I don't know, less than 20 minutes. And Chad's going to show you how to take some of our materials and your materials and add other details to them to not only make them unique and fit your scene, but also add little uh, uh, you know, imperfections, little details to help make it look more realistic as well. So that'll that'll kind of help that too. And what I'm what I'm excited as well is when people open up our materials and actually see how some of them are made, some ideas will actually, um, uh, at least for me, I actually start to see how the sausage is made and see how you make some of these beautiful materials and start to apply it to some other things as well. So that's part of that process is giving you beautiful stuff that you could also open up and see and then maybe even combine stuff together to create new materials unique to your situation. All right, let's uh, keep going here. Rachel with the links. 
Oh, I'm, I'm way behind. I got to scroll. Thank you for the links, Rachel. Rachel uh, is showing everybody where you can sign up for a free account and uh, you get a, a bunch of Grayscale Gorilla goodies and you become a Grayscale Gorilla um, uh, member. You join the um, the email list. That lets us talk to you, show you some stuff behind the scenes that we don't even share publicly. So make sure you go there. Um, thank you for the question. Let's see here. Bump, bump, bump. I don't know the answer to this. This is good. So S24 has no pro renderer anymore. That is that is true. Pro render RIP. Rip. Um, but they kept the the PBR material option available. Can you explain why? Um, yeah, actually, I have a thought about it too. But do you know other uses of the PBR material other than pro render? Uh, PBR material is not exclusive to ProRender. It's just a workflow for materials physically based rendering. So it's, yeah, it's just, they just kept it because I think people probably still want to use it in uh, physical uh, with reflectance and whatnot. So, yep. That was the only insight I have is it still works with physical. Uh, PBR is just another kind of standard, I guess I would call it, of way to set up your materials. Yep. Um, and I've been experimenting more with uh, GLTF and actually making uh, 3D web files recently. And they actually use a PBR similar to PBR workflow and they pull it directly from a PBR material. So I can actually set up my materials in the GLTF in Cinema 4D using um, the PBR uh, option. It has a lot of acronyms. Woo, you break that for that one. Uh, all right, folks. Um, Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, same thing. Please explain PBR versus regular material. Um, it's a different way of setting up a material. So there's many different ways to approach material uh, creation uh, or even different you know, maps that combine in different ways. Long, long histories of different types of rendering. And PBR is, what, is standard a good word to use? Like PBR yeah. is a across the board. When you see PBR, you're going to... Uh, be a little bit thirsty, and then you're also going to um, you're also going to know that this is a specific way that they want you to set up materials that mostly work across the board. Um, so if you've ever downloaded a, a collection, uh, like a material collection, um, where they make it, where they make you put it all back together at the end, unlike the Grayscale Gorilla materials, uh, a lot of those are PBR workflows, and they they snap together in a certain way. So it's kind of a uh, standard let's call it it's not perfect but uh, there's it's a way to think of it um all right let's see here yeah we got another question about which one's best i would just say uh do your do some research watch uh check out our article about arnold versus octane versus redshift chad wrote an awesome article uh we keep that updated over on the website uh maybe rachel will get a link for that i appreciate it um and it's set it's it's called uh what what render should you use um so check that out. It'll help send you down the right um, rabbit hole. And then try them out. Make sure you get the demo. They're all get, good. Give it a shot. Yeah, all, all of those are good. They're all, they're all really, really, really good. It's just about what you do, what, what kind of work you need to make. And then find out which one works for that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Flareform, thank you for this. Says, uh, I just started using Redshift, coupled it with the Grayscale Gorilla resources, produced some of the best client renders in the quickest time. That's like our whole goal, Flareform. Thank you for that. That's like screenshot what? that. I know. Uh, Rachel, can you screenshot that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm gonna like destroy the stream. Um, 
that that's amazing. That that makes me happy. That's our goal here at Grayscale Gorilla to give you guys all the tools to do exactly that. Better looking renders, less time. That's the goal. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see here. Bum, bum, bum. Do we have any? Um, uh, Ryan asks, do do you have any plans for new tools outside of new materials and HRIs? Yes. Stay tuned for that as well. Um, I don't think it'll be in the next release. Uh, which will be in the next month or so, but keep an eye out. We have uh, new plugins in the works. We have updates to existing plugins in the works. Um, we're really excited to get that stuff out to you guys. Really, 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 really excited. We've been playing with it and I can't say anything else. Um, yeah, don't, don't okay. do it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Thank you for all the great questions today. This is great. Um, bump, bump, bump. Awesome. Oh, good. We got people who got their their hoodies and their T-shirts from the last live stream. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. That's a, that's great. Um, all right. Dun, dun. All right. This is, uh, this is a good specific question here. Um, Shaza Duel. I always apologize if I get anyone's name wrong, but I do my best. Uh, what is the basic difference between the Octane Specular and Glossy Shader? Chad, do you have any insight on that one? Well, I'll I'll just I'll just say that I only use the universal material now. So, I kind of would not use either of those anymore and I would just use the universal material which is kind of their uber shader uh until that is they implement the Arnold standard surface material which I'm really excited about. So, Arnold created a standard surface material. It's kind of their version of the uber material and they're being really cool in letting other renderers develop their versions of it. So Clarice uh, just announced that they are supporting the Arnold standard surface, I guess standard, and uh, Octane will soon. And I'm really excited about that. So, but for now I recommend using the universal material. Uh, you can get everything you need out of that thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my go-to, but yeah. I've been I've been uh, experimenting and learning more about that too. And it's really powerful. There's some new words to learn in there that I didn't know what they meant. Maybe I still don't. There are some new <laughs> concepts, let's call it, to think about when using the universal shader. But once you start to know where to where to look, it, get, it gets really powerful. I, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, I think I, I wrote down some stuff for a toy, uh, some suggestions. I do think their Uber material there is just like got way too many things in it. It's very, it's really, there's a lot of stuff in there. And if you look at that node, it's like intimidating because there's just an endless string of things you can plug in. I think they could do a better job of like the UX on that and making it a little bit less intimidating. Uh, I'm not scrolled down far enough to get to Adam's question, but I want to make sure I answer your question, Adam. I see it on the screen, but I'm not there in the chat yet. So when I get there, don't let me forget about Adam's question there on the screen. Adam's question, okay. Um, but before we get there, we got a few more we're going through here. Uh, Christian, it's not quite kind of a question. Hey, I guess so. How to add graffiti images to Grayscale Gorilla Materials. This is something I always, I've been running into more. It's like putting a sticker on something, putting graffiti on something, taking a material and placing something specific in, a, in just the right place. I do know that we have a video on Plus about with the skateboard and the stickers. Was that Redshift, Chad? Yeah, that's Redshift, yeah. So if, if you use Redshift, there's a video that shows you how to do it. Um, honestly, this is probably something we should do across the board for all the renderers, like show that workflow. Um, so it, I, I, 
I'm guessing it's probably specific to each workflow and you got to set up that sticker and put it in the nodes and well I'll I'll just kind of blow your mind a little bit on that because really the 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 I think a lot of of the people that maybe aren't super familiar with nodes and materials and stuff that that can be an intimidating idea of like well how do I add a graffiti image to this you know wall material whatever so think about it it's the same exact principles as photoshop right so if you had a photo of a brick wall and you needed to put a graffiti onto that brick wall, you would have your graffiti image and a mat, or it would be a PNG, so the mat's kind of built into it. And you would put it on a layer in Photoshop and you're done, like there you go, you've got your graffiti. It's the same exact principle in materials. So your diffuse that's going into whatever material that you're in, uh, you just need to put a layer uh, node. Usually, uh, I think all of them do have uh, a version of a layer node, which is basically kind of their, the layer node is kind of like Photoshop in the nodes. It has like transfer modes and opacity and a little mask input. So then you just take your graffiti PNG and you put it in there and you put the mat going into the mask input and you're good to go. It's really, it's really not as hard as you think. Awesome. Yeah, I think some demos too. We're, we're actually working on some ideas uh, for the blog and, and for plus that right now we're calling like cheat sheets that I think this might be a good one to build Chad, you know? Um, yeah, we haven't quite put those out yet, but we're trying to find, you know, there's, there's setups. Well, setups is probably another good word to call this thing, but what are the node setups you need to pull off this effect? And it's slightly different in all the renderers. We're trying to find a way to give you guys almost like a recipe card to say, this is how you do it. So that might be a good example for that one. Yeah, we uh, should definitely you. write that down. Thank you for the question. Uh, we got another one here. Uh, hey, Nick and Chad, uh, you might have already touched on this. Lost connection for a while. Can you discuss what the Grayscale Gorilla Plus team render, render farm stuff I've been seeing on your website is all about? Thanks. Yeah. What we did um, was we recently added unlimited team render nodes to any Grayscale Gorilla Plus license. So if you use team render and especially uh, specifically if you use team render on a render only team render node, what we didn't want to do was make you buy an extra license just to render. Like we talked about earlier, this idea of working on one machine and then distributed rendering um, as kind of the future of how this happens. We didn't think that it was fair to make you buy a new license just for your render farm. So what we did was we allowed unlimited uh, team render node uh, installation of our plugins, and then the materials take care of themselves. Those, those will transfer over, but all the, all the plugins can be installed on uh, all of your distributed rendering nodes. So um, some people mentioned they thought maybe we had a, a render node in our house or something that we're giving you access to. <laughs> That is not the case. We do not have that set up. So let's be clear right now. What this is, is your extra machines, your render farm, if you have one at home or an extra machine, or some people use their old machine or some people, you know, have an extra machine, you're now able to install this stuff on your render nodes. Um, and then of course, if you, if you use plus on multiple machines, you will need an extra license for that. So that is, that's separate. But if you just render on an extra machine, we didn't want to uh, have you buy an extra license just for that. So that's what that is. If you have any extra questions too, or, or confused about it or anything else, hit up our support. Uh, they'll take care of you as well. But hopefully that's a little bit more specific. Uh, quick question here. When will Grayscale Gorilla Plus apps work with R24? We are currently 
fully up to date with R24, ready to rock. So uh, if you are a Plus member, you've been ready, I think maybe the day of or the day after uh, 24 came out, Plus members had in, almost instant access to um, the latest version. And we try to keep that as short as possible. Uh, and then as soon as that launches, we uh, work on uh, the perpetual ones. Those, those took an extra week or so, but those are all up to date. So no matter what plugin you've purchased from us, you have a version up through R24 ready to rock. Uh, and specifically, Plus is compatible from R20 through R24 right now. So no matter which one you use. All right, Jesse, thank you for that question. Uh, all right, I got to catch up here. I'm, a, I'm, I'm 10 minutes in the past here when it comes to questions. I'm going to try to do a little lightning round here as we get closer to jumping into Cinema 4D. So I'm going to try to answer uh, as many as we can here. Uh, as quickly as we can. So we'll let's do a quick lightning round and we won't forget about Adam's question, which is coming right up. I see it right here. Um, do, do, do. Let's see, <laughs> Rachel. Rachel's like, they're gonna say it. They're gonna, they're gonna say too much about the next release. Beans, as Sean says, Beans collection would be good. Okay, Adam, Adam's <laughs> question. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Adam says, when copying an object with Grayscale Gorilla Octane everyday materials on them from one scene to another, they seem to break. Worn plastic loses connection. Any idea to deal with this? I haven't seen this, but I wanted to check with you, with you, Chad. Is this something that you've seen that we can talk about, or is this like a technical issue we should talk to support or something? Well, our materials aren't doing anything proprietary. They're just texture maps and uh dry you know just like any other material in octane so that sounds like it might be an octane issue i would hit up the octane forum and uh talk it over with them see what that means it, it, it just might be that's how it is i know there's a lot of weird quirks with octane uh but yeah i, I don't believe it could be tied to anything that we're doing since we're not doing anything proprietary there yeah i'll i'll, I'll say too if you're using the before plus version of of the material collections, it that was a lot more specific on the way that you had to set it up and install it and tell Cinema where your materials are. And so I would double check if you've purchased Everyday Material Collection before Plus that you have it installed properly and that Cinema 4D sees your specific uh, file structure. Uh, but if you're in Plus, uh, that's all automatic now. You don't have to do any of that except hit install and you have all that's all basically set up for you. You just pick a one folder to install all this stuff and we take care of the rest. So I would say if, um, if, if it's the pre plus version where it was a little bit more complicated, a lot more complicated to install, really, uh, I would just double check that process or hit up support. Uh, but if not, if you're using the plus version, uh, it sounds like it might be an octane issue. All right. Uh, all right, let's do a few more uh, lightning round Q and A's, and then we're gonna jump into Cinema 4D, and Chad's gonna show us specifically some uh, little tips, tricks, how to make more realistic materials right within Cinema 4D. This will be fun. Um, let's uh, let's let's catch up here with some more questions. Good, good. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Let's see here. Uh, all right, here's a here's a good one. Any last questions, throw them up in the uh, chat, guys. We'll we'll do a lightning round, and we'll hop into Cinema 40. Uh, let's see. We got GH Sync asking, uh, uh, or GHSNYC. That's maybe, mm. maybe what I'm thinking. <laughs> Never. I always get entertained by watching you say the, the names. 
I just, you gotta, you gotta try. Uh, will Redshift work with Team Render and Render Nodes, or do we need to get another Redshift license for that? I don't know the answer to that. You Does, do. You need another license. You need a separate license for any Render Node for Redshift. That's not okay. your. Well, let me let me rephrase that. The computer that you have licensed is good. If you want to add other computers, uh, yeah, you're gonna need licenses for those computers. Okay. Uh, oh, he says Glenn. Thanks for the question, Glenn. Glenn. I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Getting toward the uh, end here. We're going to jump into Cinema 4D in just a minute. Stick around. Um, let's see here. Any tips for using subsurface scattering materials? Um, I I have my go-to workflow in Octane, but I'm actually interested. Chad, what's your go-to first in Octane? Because I need to know. But also in general, just to help uh, answer this question for everybody. If I'm going to do subsurface, it's going to be an Arnold. I'm not going to use Redshift subsurface. I hate it. I, I just really don't like the way it looks, and it's really cumbersome to work with. Uh, Arnold's got the most intuitive subsurface. I think uh, the new Ar uh, Octane uh, random walk in the uh, universal material is really close to what I could get in Arnold. Uh, but I still, if I'm, if I need to do a subsurface render, like there's a couple renders on my foundation, um, a couple NFTs I made that I'm just using Arnold because it's got the, just the most beautiful looking subsurface. So Octane's a close second, Redshift, that ain't it, Chief. That's not the, that's, that's not the, uh. Dude, talk about elite, man. We, we got you just choose your renderer, you know, based on. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Mac and my PC. Well, we're idiots at this point. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I've, I've struggled to get good subsurface in in Redshift. Um, I mean, it's definitely better than like physical where I came from, so it's definitely looked nice. But once you once you see Arnold or Octane too, if you do a ton of that subsurface, um, I feel like. Octane's got like glass figured out. Arnold's got subsurface figured out. And then, you know, Redshift has like plastic figured plastic out. Plastic <laughs> and getting it set up easy and, you know, tied into cinema a little tighter. So they all have their little like, you know, goods and bads. So that's another way that a lot of artists are working. More and more artists are saying and picking their are their renderer based on the type of project. So it goes yeah, back yeah. to your analogy, I, I think, picking the right tool for the job. Yeah, and Sean in the chat has a really good point. Like with subsurface, scale is like incredibly important because the whole idea of subsurface is light is penetrating a surface and bouncing around in there. So if you are not working in a in a physical, physically real scale, then you're gonna have a hard time trying to get it to look real because you're trying to maybe make it feel smaller when you're dealing with a very large scene. And so scale is very important. Um, what's great about the way Arnold does it is it's literally like, it gives you uh, a radius of like, how how far down do you want the light to go? Basically, that's the, really the only setting beyond color. And you can say, well, I want it to, you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a glass of milk. So light penetrates like maybe four centimeters or something like that. And it just immediately looks like milk if you set it up physically correct. Uh, the other ones are not as easy to do that because there are all these like strange settings, Redshift especially. Um, that's why the random walk and the simpler approach is better because you just are not fighting these sliders as much. What's your what's your uh, Octane node of choice? Random walk? 
for for, for uh, yeah. I mean the the new Octane Random Walk is is the is the close okay. second to to Arnold's. It's not quite as good yet, but it's it's pretty close. All right, that's what I use. I just want to make sure. I, I, I wasn't doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, random walk. I guess random walk. Yeah, I, I took that. I just, I, I shouldn't assume. Like random walk, yes. Uh, That's what you want. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, Zach says, is Chad going to post anything on Hick and Nunk? Have you played with this site yet, Chad? I've just been watching a few people um, post on there. The first person that even told me about it uh, was my friend Cody. And I didn't really, I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, I've been like slowing down on the NFT stuff just because I've been so busy trying to get stuff done here. And you know, as summer approaches, doing more stuff with friends, and I'm vaccinated now, so I'm seeing going out and seeing people. <laughs> right. So uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time to mess around with it, but yeah, it seems interesting. It's a, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm watching it for sure. I know you're playing around in, in it quite a bit. Yeah, I just I I've been having a blast with it. I've been seeing like e, EJ was probably the first person I saw talking more about it. And what I love about it is they uh well the first thing is it's way less expensive to mint stuff. And to me it's almost like if you're either intimidated or want want to see what this NFT space is all about and you're looking at these prices like I don't I don't want to buy stuff for thousands of dollars. Hickenunk is an interesting place that's very lightweight it's very inexpensive to get started and it allows you to collect art from your friends at least for me it's very fun to say ej has something or uh like tuna who helped me set this thing up kind of showed me how to get my wallet set up and all that uh i see a piece from him or uh from um uh, like mike mike campo or something like friends of mine like neighbors of mine that are making cool pieces and you could grab stuff for five, 10, 20 bucks, whatever. Um, and, uh, it's been really fun. And secondarily, the other interesting part is you can, uh, uh, use GLTF files, uh, directly in there and mint them. And you could actually go in and click and rotate around 3d objects, which I think is, is an interesting way to think about your art. It's not a, you know, a flat rendered scene anymore. You can actually import a model for it to use a kind of a simpler word import a model and mint it and people could spin around it so you get some really cool artwork in there a lot of hand painted stuff from vr and it's interesting so check it out it's confusing it's not intuitive to use yeah. it's uh it it breaks all the time but uh if you can look past that stuff and think of it as like a fun art project that allows you to collect work from your friends it becomes really fun uh if you're more interested in it i've been playing with it Follow me on Twitter. I've been talking a little bit about it. Um, and I have links in my Twitter to look at the stuff that I've minted. And you can check out my collection as well and see some of the stuff that I've purchased from other friends and, and all that. So uh, if, you, if you've if you posted on it, let me know. Hop on Twitter and and uh, uh, tweet at me. It's been something I've been playing with over the last couple of weeks. So uh, good question. Thank you. Look at that. See, we talked about it NFTs too. So it's uh, it's officially a live show. Let's do it. All right, a uh, couple more questions. We'll get ready to hop into cinema. Um, Chad, you ready here in just a few minutes? Sure. Uh, yeah, another question about GLTS. I, I've been playing more with them for sure. Uh, my my latest uh, Hicket Nunk, even the name, dude. I can't. I, yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway, uh, I just got to learn how to pronounce. It. I think I'm saying it right. Uh, check out. Uh, check out my latest thing. It's a. It's a. a, a it's a GLTF essentially. All right, bump, bump, bump. Let's see here. 
<laughs> Adams. Oh, good. Adam, see, Adam's got stuff. Something I could, I could buy. See, he's shilling. I love it. Love it, dude. We, we hit it. Hey, Andy's good to see you. All right, I think we did it. We answered all the questions. Well, hey, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, Chad's just rendering pretty stuff, and I'm staring at it. So, I'll uh, <laughs> uh, and don't forget if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you can come watch this on YouTube. All right. I'm talking in circles. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, chat. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Rachel. I will see you guys in another live show really soon. Cheers from all of us here at Grayscale Gorilla. Happy Thursday, y'all. Bye, everybody. Oh, I'll cut to the cut to the side by side. Oh, we got a triple. Bye, everybody. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the podcast. Do us a favor and leave us a comment on iTunes or YouTube and let us know what you thought about the show. Or if you have an idea for a subject we can dive into on a future live show. We read all the comments and we really do appreciate your input. Until next time, happy rendering, folks.